so. We do this thing seven nights a week, live from 7 to 10 at night Eastern Time. You can join us anytime you want. Online, of course, at freetalklive.com, or perhaps, if you're lucky, on your local talk radio station. You can uh, join us on the phones and bring up whatever's on your mind at 603-283-6160. Coming up, Aria's got a story about $20,000 trash cans in San Francisco. I mean, we don't even have to say more, right? It's already immediately apparent that these were purchased, designed, built by... A government. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's $20,000 per trash can or what they spent uh, developing it. I suspect it's per trash can. We're gonna it find is out. per trash yeah, can. Yeah, we're going to find out more about that coming up here in a bit. Uh, it's Ian, Nobody, and Aria in the studio. And uh, we're going to start, though, with the latest on the Trump raid situation that I think we got news of last week. I believe it was our show on Monday night uh, last week when that news was actually breaking during the show. And now, a week later, we know they are ostensibly investigating him for so-called Espionage Act violations. Well, now they're saying he had nuclear codes, right? I mean, he probably that, that's did. That's what I've seen, is that, you know, right. he, he took they classified codes. They change things, like, daily, though, so... You would think. Yeah, I well, mean... It's it's because, you know, you don't want somebody to find that in the trash yeah, or whatever. At the very least, you'd think they would change it after an administration moves from one to the next. Yeah, no doubt. But they are the government, but, so I mean, maybe... Yeah, but think about right. that. That being the case, who controls those nuclear codes, right? And The military? And asking that question reveals that there is, in fact, incontrovertibly, a deep state. What do you mean by that? Well, someone... There, there is some underlying apparatus that exists beyond the threshold of power of the government. The one that determines who has access to the nuke codes. The one who changes the nuke codes. The one who ultimately controls all of them. I think that's probably done by various functionaries in the military. Certainly, I'm aware none of whom are elected. Well, that's true. Oh, yeah. And the, as I'm saying, that's but that's. I, ipso, I don't know if you've met many military people, but most of them aren't that deep. I don't know if you heard what deep. I said. My point was it is ipso facto proof of the existence of the deep state. I don't know if that's true. I mean, it's just how could part it not of, be? It's part and parcel of the state as it mm. is. I mean, uh, extraneous well, to the elected okay. government. Let Let's start with uh, with definitions. How do you define the term deep state? I wouldn't attempt to in a way that I was going to, you know, have to def- do it and defend it on national radio. Well, I mean, if okay. You're talk so reluctantly about, is how you define. If you're going to talk about something, you should have a definition for it. I mean, generally, well, I my, gave a loose definition you for don't it. Which, know what you're talking about? Which is, you know, an institution that exists extraneous to the elected government. I, I literally just gave that as well, my definition. But you you'll say, be like, well, technically, it's not extraneous I mean, to. I, I guess the the problem with that that definition to me is it's so broad as to be obvious i mean we all know that there are government employees who are not elected the guy who collects your garbage isn't elected the guy who uh um Mailman. you know most yeah, government there's, there's only like 500 and change yeah. that are elected i mean we in this room know that so, but, but, but i do, guarantee you the average american thinks that their government is almost fully elected but wait are you, t- you i don't think that that could be the case um are you I mean, saying they've never that, voted for third lieutenant second half of americans don't vote the, in the first place they just think the system works just fine as it is I don't know what they think. You know, may not th- they may think they can't change the system. It would be interesting to ask non-voters why they don't participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to speculate about that. But it sounds to me like your definition of deep state is anything not elected. 
within the state. Well, see, this is why I don't want to give a hard point. definition. They can be picked apart. You know. Just, well, I'll give a definition. Okay. Uh, my understanding of it, I, personally, I, I'm not a subscriber to the idea of the deep state. I think the idea of the deep state is one that is designed to get conservatives all kinds of like conspiratorial, paranoid, and believing that they can somehow oust this secretive state. So to me, the deep state, as my understanding mm-hmm. is, it's a state below the state. It's a state that is more secretive. You don't know necessarily who's in charge of it. Uh, the CIA might be an example uh, at some level mm-hmm. of, uh, of a deep state operation. What is your understanding of it, nobody? Um, deep state for me generally and and i've never i've never heard it formally defined but what i've inferred from it when people use the term is that it's basically in theory the people in charge of the government are the elected people okay well you i have the definition of deep state here. i'd like got, to hear his you got 435 in the uh in the house of representatives mm-hmm. you got nine supreme court justices okay they're, they're not appointed. elected but yeah. indirectly they're selected by elected mm-hmm. um and you've got a president and and a vice president and that's generally considered to be It's generally most people would say that if all of those people got together, they could change literally anything about the government. The the idea behind the deep state, from my point of view, is that there's actually an inversion of control where there are elements inside the government that are actually in control, whereas the the people that that we're electing for are just more or less figureheads but are the people who are in control in your understanding of it secretive or are they known uh well it's it's definitely not acknowledged that mm-hmm. that such people exist, so it would have to be secretive. Okay, what's your what did you pull this definition from? Well, there's two definitions. One of them uses the word secretive, and one of them doesn't. Okay, so it, I guess where? it depends on which one you want to go with. One of them comes from Oxford.com, or I don't know, it comes from Oxford Languages, whatever that is, Dictionary.com. Mm-hmm. The other one comes from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a body of people, typically influential members of government agencies or the military, believed to be involved in the secret manipulation or control of government policy. Okay. So an Mm -hmm. underground secretive thing. Got it. And that which one was that? Oxford? Yes. Actually, I suppose they both use the word secretive. So I guess the question is, you know. um, What does the other one say? It says almost exactly the same thing. It just puts the word secret at a different location. Okay. Where's where's that one from? Wikipedia. So the fantasy from the conservatives is that there's this evil deep state out there, and that's why the state's so bad. It's these evil people. We don't know who they are, but we know who the good people are is what they say. And we need to put more of the good people in so they can do something about the evil deep state and make the state a good, loving, conservative organization again. And it's this ridiculous conspiracy theory that is completely designed to misdirect these these people from actually turning against the idea of the state Instead, you know, which is a possibility, right? Like the more they raid their guy like Donald Trump, the Mm -hmm. more likely some of them are going to come off the fence or get on the fence and say, "Okay, this whole police state thing is crazy. I I don't support this anymore. But if they believe that it was actually done at the behest of the secretive deep state, Mm -hmm. well, then they just need to elect people harder and vote harder and then put the right people in and then the deep state will be ousted. That doesn't necessarily necessarily follow. For one thing... No, it's ridiculous. If if there is a a deep state, and I think to a great extent that there really is, um, 
the thing is, well, for one thing, if you've got a if you've got a computer program and a rot goes deep enough, you can't fix it. You mm-hmm. have to just start over. And and the thing about the deep state, what's their number one priority going to be? Controlling elections. Mm. Okay. Well, um, and you and know, continuing their power, of course, and and yeah, exactly continuing their own power and getting people in there that they can control who aren't gonna gonna mm-hmm. a la Epstein. gonna rock rocked about. Uh, well, Epstein is. Uh, you know, I I think it's likely that he probably did gather a lot of blackmail material, and um, one of the things that you'd want to do if you were the deep state is get a bunch of people who can be blackmailed into office, mm-hmm. so that um, you know whatever they claim their principles are, you can get them to change them if you really need them to. Sure. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's hard for me to believe that there would not be a deep state with it that's at least vying for control when you consider that the CIA, for example, rigs elections all over the world. So yep. if they don't rig American elections, you have to ask yourself why. why? Because they have morals. Mm-mm. I think we can eliminate that as a possibility. Yeah. So what would prevent them from becoming a deep state tomorrow, even if they weren't today? And if they can do it tomorrow, why didn't they do it yesterday? Coming up, apparently Trump has sent a message directly to the Attorney General. And Aria, you've got what it text was, allegedly. Uh, and also, apparently, they seized his passports while they raided his home last week. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah! It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian, nobody, and Aria. And you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Free Talk Live is brought to you, by the way, by Bitcoin.com. You head over to Bitcoin.com, start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Just click Get Started at the top of the page to do that. And they'll give you some uh, introductory videos there. You can spend as much or as little time looking at those as you like. But I recommend watching at least one of them so you get some of the basic concepts down before you decide to get into a little deeper and possibly get your first Bitcoin Cash or a fraction of a Bitcoin or whatever. You can you can buy fractions of these things, by the way, which is important to know. Uh, so you learn the basics by clicking Get Started at the top of the page at Bitcoin.com. Plus, they got the latest news headlines from the world of crypto uh, all over the place over at News.Bitcoin.com. That's News.Bitcoin.com. Dot com. As we continue here, we're kind of giving you an update on some of the latest news with regards to Donald Trump and his home, of course, was raided last week, which, you know, I ultimately think is good news. Um, not because I wish anybody to be raided per se. It's a pretty awful experience. But because there are people out there, mostly conservative types, Trump fans, who have been back the blue flag waivers for the last forever and this is going to get a lot of those people to think twice about mm. supporting, at the very least, the federal police state. 
And I think that there there's some value in that. We're also seeing more people talking about national divorce as a result of this. So people are moving uh, further in that direction towards the idea of ending any kind of arrangement with the federal government. And I think that that is ultimately the true benefit from this, whether or not charges come from it. If charges come from it, then that's even better for us Mm. uh you know so we'll see we'll see how this goes see i actually had gotten to the point where i was thinking you know if trump runs again i might just vote for him just because you know it's not like it matters a lot of a lot of the stuff i mean a lot of the stuff that they say about him is crap Mm -hmm. and uh and i don't like lies so I was thinking maybe I'll vote for him, and then he then he starts talking about death dealers or drug death penalty for drug dealers, and I'm yeah, like, well, geez. as a matter of principle, I refuse to vote for anybody who wants to kill me because right. that's just a bad plan. Yeah, so, you would think that uh, after however many decades of the insane war on drugs, that mm-hmm. more people would be coming around to understanding that this is an abject failure and it just needs to end. And it's a it's a shame uh, to see Trump, who has has worked within the entertainment industry, so you know he's worked with plenty of drug users and has mm-hmm. probably been fairly close to people who've bought drugs and or sold them. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know he's pandering to the to the conservative right. He thinks this is going to be a winning issue for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And. There's very few people. I mean, the politicians are still all enthusiastic about the drug war, but are even conservatives? I mean, do they really think that this is a good use of their money? Well, it depends on which know. conservatives you ask, right? Like uh, mm. when cannabis legislation and psilocybin legislation came up in the New Hampshire State House, a lot of them spoke out in favor of the drug war, saying things like, oh, well, if we legalize it, what are we going to do to keep kids off of it? Because that's the mentality mm-hmm. they use. Well, how are we going to keep the kids mm-hmm. safe from all of these things? And so that is what justifies the drug war in their minds. Yeah. See, I I don't get that. It's like, okay, two possibilities. With the drug war, they use drugs and then you throw them in prison. Without the drug war, they use drugs, but you don't throw them in prison. Mm-hmm. So if you're actually concerned about the welfare of the kids, well... Doing drugs and not getting thrown in prison is much safer than doing drugs and getting thrown in prison. Uh, Remember when you were running for governor in 2020, you had a debate with the other gubernatorial candidate, Karen Testerman, here in New Hampshire. So it was the Mm -hmm. two of you guys versus the current governor, who's uh, Chris Sununu in the the primary. The media was completely ignoring uh, you and Karen's campaigns. So we put together a debate and we did it online. And Karen sounds great on a lot of issues when it comes to economics. But when I asked that question about uh, the war on drugs, boy, she was fully in the camp of continuing the war. So it's like, I don't think conservatives have learned their lesson on this. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the ones I talk to are just more libertarian leaning. Well, they don't live Although in a world she where. She seemed libertarian leaning on Until a lot you of asked issues. about the war yeah. on drugs. I mean, they don't live in a world where the options are okay, the kids are going to do drugs and throw them in prison, and kids are going to do drugs and not throw them in prison. They live in a world where somehow, if they can just crack that whip enough and just you know rattle that belt enough somehow they can keep They'll their kids from people. doing well, drugs in the first piss place off into their own little world where they can do that and leave the rest of us the hell alone that's where national divorce comes in that's why we need to encourage conservatives to move to places like texas and florida and encourage libertarians to move here to new hampshire that's the thing like yeah i'm willing to work with a conservative on the issues in which we agree but i will not forget 
that this person does not understand what liberty is. They understand they want liberty to live their life how they want to live it. They want to be free to go take their kids to church and that they want to be free to have their you know conservative barbecue or whatever it is that conservatives do. Uh, and th- but they don't want other people to be free to do things that they, do- they disagree with. And, and as long as they have that viewpoint, they'll never ever be true allies i I think that's i think that's true to to an extent and actually when i've been talking to to conservatives lately um what what i've been trying to focus on is basically if we can get the liberals out of our hair then there's no reason that every county in new hampshire has to be the same Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's there's still a limited number of free staters. So if we wanted to uh, to reconcentrate in in specific areas, then it would, you know, basically you could have some some counties that are a conservative paradise and some counties that are a libertarian paradise and. Uh, the the thing that seems to make a difference is borders. It's like everybody knows there's crazy laws in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. but almost nobody wants to go go to war with them to make them change their crazy laws because you know it's, let them be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let them let yeah. them do their thing over there. You know. Um, yeah, that's what I always you know, when to. The abortion issue, of course, became a big deal this summer with uh, the whole Roe versus Wade overturning and the pr- what preceded mm. that, where the draft opinion leaked and all the protests and everything. And it's just like, why don't people just go to a place that's more like them, mm-hmm. live in that place, and forget about what's going on across the border? It's like, are you really mm-hmm. going to invade? Like, if people did that, right? Like, if, if a bunch of liberals moved into California and a bunch of conservatives moved into Texas and other like-minded states and such, and then we did see... The breakup of the United States, and these were became independent uh, nations. Would we actually see troops crossing borders over this issue? No, of course not. I, th- I think there may there might be times when troops crossed borders. I think it would over probably this issue. be rare. Which over the issue? issue of abortion. Meaning oh. that, oh, there's babies being killed over there in California, so Utah mounts up the, you know... <laughs> the, <No. laughs> you know I mean, I realize you use it as an example, but I mean, the whole idea, it's it's silly on its face, right? That's never going to happen. I hope not. But it's not over abortion. Yeah, I hope you're right about that. I I would imagine that if troops crossed borders, which wouldn't wouldn't completely surprise me, but I would imagine it would be about something that directly affects the states involved. There's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us and bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Talk live. Phones are open. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're just kind of uh, 
using the whole Trump situation to go off on all different tangents at the moment. We haven't even really got into uh, to the news yet. He apparently texted the attorney general and asked, sound like he was asking for a favor. Uh, Arya's got that, that story. I don't know, man. I, what caught my attention was the people on the left freaking out and call, saying that, you know, it was a veiled threat. And I, I don't know how the hell they were reading that they, they well, came up with that. Let's but. say what the actual text was, because I don't even think we've gotten that far in the discussion yet. Uh, but I do want to also let you know about the Liberty in Our Lifetime, or Liberty in Your Lifetime conference that the Free Cities Foundation is putting on. It's their annual conference. This is the second one. It's happening in Prague this year, October 21st through the 23rd. Our very own Mark Edge is going to be speaking at that conference. Uh, so you can go there, meet him, and see all kinds of speakers talking about the autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up around the world offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. You can get 20% off your tickets by using code FTL20 at checkout. Go to LifetimeLiberty.com and plan your trip to Prague October 21st through the 23rd. It's code FTL20 and you save 20%. You can also follow them on Twitter at handle LibertyIOL. Alright, so what was it that Trump allegedly said to the attorney general at the federal level. He said, the country is on fire. What can I do to reduce the heat? Which doesn't sound like a threat to me. The way people on the left are interpreting this is saying that, you know, I can throw fuel on this fire if I so choose. Mm. When, I mean, he literally suggests the opposite. He's like, hey, what can I do to help diffuse the situation? It's like, oh, he's admitting that he has the power to make it worse. I mean, kind of, but that's... Not what he's getting at. I think you got to be a special kind of lunatic to to read this text message and walk away with that interpretation. Uh, did you hear what the the statement was? Nobody, I did not. Can you read it one more time? So Ryan. Trump sent to uh, Merrick Garland, who's the Attorney General for the United States or whatever. Mm-hmm. The country is on fire. What can I do to reduce the heat? Which mm-hmm. to me it seems like a reasonable text message, right? Hey, yeah, you know, people are going yeah. crazy out there. What can I do to make people yeah. go less crazy? And to be fair, he doesn't have a whole lot of options after they kicked mm-hmm. him off of YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and all mm-hmm. these other social media platforms. It's like, well, not a whole lot, Mr. Trump. They took away yeah. your ability to. Well, and but but the other thing is it doesn't matter what he says. If he says, I'm gonna have pork chops for dinner somebody is going to find a way to twist that into something sinister. He hates police. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, because, the, you know, the, the, the liberals are completely deranged mm-hmm. over this guy. And, you know, I don't like him either. He wants to kill me. But I'm not obsessing about him, you know. And they are literally obsessed mm-hmm with this thing i like him he brings me a lot of humor man I, I don't want him to be president again but you know i i wish he was back in the public eye because he amused the hell out of me mm. well it sounds to me like he's trying to ask if there's anything he can do to reduce the heat on himself i understand that that he's acting like oh well i'm concerned for the country <laughs> but to me that sounds like how do i reduce the heat on Donald Trump. That's true. They did, you know, execute a search warrant on his estate recently, one of them. Right. So this presumably came after that. Uh, this was a recent development, right? Like I, I think text the text message? was sent prior to that. Really? I'm not 100% sure. Oh, uh, see, yes, that would be it was. Inch. Well, it was before the warrant was unsealed. So after the raid. Whatever then. that means. Yeah, after the raid. Okay. 
So, so that they they did unseal the warrant after that because I know they there's did, this they did, yeah. the federal system it's re- really weird and they issue sealed indictments and then they execute sealed warrants. Lots of and, secrecy. Yeah, and then on. sometimes they're unsealed, sometimes they're not. It's all very confusing. Yeah, I think he's asking to see you know, hey, is there anything I can do? Like, what what uh, can I do yeah. <laughs> to make this go away? And he's he's couching it in terms of, oh, well, this will be good for the country if you just, you know, come, let's talk. OK, let's let's he wants to make a deal. Right. He's Donald Trump <laughs> before mm-hmm. the you know, before the plea deal comes into play, which, of course, you know, if Donald Trump is charged, is he going to take a plea or is he going to trial? I don't know, man. I don't know. I would tell him never yeah. take the plea deal. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what the evidence is. I we don't, don't either. I mean, I don't even know what the charge is. Well, there aren't charges yet. We just know they've taken apparently 27 boxes of documents from his home Mar-a-Lago. And then uh, if you look at the actual receipt for property, which I only have one page up here, and it's more than one page, obviously, uh, information here, including box with labels uh, like A1 through 15, miscellaneous top secret documents. (laughs) Miscellaneous secret documents, miscellaneous confidential documents. So, you know, the theory is that they're going to string him up on charges of improperly um, holding or storing uh, these uh, these documents. And, I don't know, man. Maybe. And if they do, if he's convicted mm-hmm. of that, then he cannot run for office again. I know. I'm going to go home the tonight. The funny thing about it is we already know that Hillary Clinton did exactly the same thing. In with terms the emails? Of mis- yeah, mm-hmm. with her emails, mishandling classified documentation. But when Democrats do it, it's ignored. She got a pass. Yeah. What were you going to say? Are I'm you? just going to go home tonight with a paint pen and write on the side of my file cabinet, A3, top secret classified information, just, just to troll the FBI at this point, man. Because <laughs> mm. that's what they're going off here. That Trump labeled this thing as classified or well, top no, no, secret no, no, no. or whatever. I think that the documents themselves okay. are labeled. Well, I'm sure I can find a stamp online that will do that for me. I'm sure. You can custom make those. Uh, Trump also says that they took his passports. They, According to a post he made on Truth Social, which is his personal social media site. Because, again, they banned him from Twitter right. and YouTube. I don't know where else, but I suspect he's banned from most of these platforms. I think Facebook booted him out a long time ago. But uh, he said, quote, Wow. In the raid by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, they stole my three passports, one expired, along with everything else. This is an assault on a political opponent at a level never seen before in our country. Third world, he says. I like how he uses the terminology stole. I mean, he's yeah. correct. They stole his passport. Right. Without I would, him li- being I would like my stolen stuff back, please. Like, how often does that happen? It probably happens more often than we realize. But, you know, for instance, they took my passport. But they oh, that's charged true, but me. we were indicted. Right. We were charged with something. Trump has not been charged with anything, and they allegedly took his passports. Mm. So what's that all about? I suspect they'll give them back. Uh, wouldn't they well, have to? Only if they don't charge him will they give them back, I presume. I mean, if you're going to take the effort of taking somebody's passport, you're going to make them fight for it. Right? Does Donald Trump really even need a passport to travel? Yeah, generally you need a passport to get into other countries. I mean, what is it? What are they going to say to him in the United Kingdom? Oh, no, no, Mr. Trump, we recognize you from being the president of the United States, but you don't have your yeah. documentation in order. That's what they'll say. Yeah. Well, there are, That's insane. there are places he could probably go, people that he has relationships with. He could probably go to Brazil. Mm-hmm. He could probably yeah, go to uh, the Philippines. Um, you know, third, basically third world countries where he's got an in with the local dictator. But I don't think he's going to do that. 
I I don't think he think he will either. This I, is good, ultimately is good for Trump as far as his image is concerned. I think that you know he's going to be the guy that fights the quote unquote deep state. This is mm-hmm. the this is the deep state so so called coming after him personally, and I think he's going to have have it out with them. Well, they're handing him that narrative to yeah, to write. Because, I mean, they're insane, they're incompetent, but they're, they're handing it to him on a platter. Here, spin this however you want, and mm-hmm. he can do that. Mm-hmm. The yeah. only way they've inhib- inhibited him at any part of this was by kicking him off of Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's raising his profile. Yeah, and the, the big question to me is why? I mean, all, all presidents commit crimes while they're in office. Sure. They're all war criminals. All governors do, too. Um, you know, so the question is, why would they... Uh, go after him specifically, and um, I think if you, I think if you asked at least most of his supporters, they would say, "Well, he's the only person who's been elected since Kennedy who wasn't approved of mm-hmm. by the deep state," and they freaked out. Yeah, um, and and it fits. It fits the reality pretty well. It's an interesting theory. I know that uh, Peakless Mountaineer, our Saturday night host, is of that belief that Trump's, you know, he's up there with the elites, but he's not in the inner circle. And they are coming after him uh, for that. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us here. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited if you want to join us here. Take control of the airwaves. Just dial in at 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. 603-283-6160. You can join us online as well. Any old time you want, just head over to freetalklive.com, download archives, interact with other Free Talk Live listeners there, and more. It's all free. Once again, that's Free Talk Live. Dot com coming up, uh, Arya. You're going to tell us about twenty thousand dollar trash cans in San Francisco. Of course, we'll get into what that's all about. But first, to your phone calls and thoughts, we have Penguin calling in from Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live, Penguin. Stand by, Penguin. I had you muted. Now we can hear you. Go ahead. Hey guys, I uh, hope everyone's doing well. Welcome, sir. Um, What's on your mind? Hey, well, I just tuned in, heard you talking about Trump, and um, I do happen to have a bit of a theory about Trump, and I think it's pretty, you know, I I don't like to go too far out in the conspiracy theories. I think it's really very plausible. So um, if you looked up, like, recently, Trump's, like, Biden's poll numbers, uh, President President Joe Brandon is having some pretty awful uh, polling numbers, and the one person who's notably polling worse than Biden at this point is um, Trump. Oh, really? And... Yeah, well, and, Trump's you know, not president. How is? We're wait, still asking about okay. him, I guess. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, polling yeah. worse than Biden? Well, yeah, Biden's up right well. now. I, I don't remember exactly why, but something's happened in the last few weeks that caused people like, "Yay, Joe gas, Biden!" Gas dropped below four bucks. I guess that was it. it. Was two when I know. <laughs> I don't remember what the specifics were. I just remember that you know I saw something recently at some point within the last few weeks about his poll numbers being up for some reason. Mm-hmm. Presumably, he went that period of time without saying something moronic or having to get chased off stage by an Easter bunny or something. <laughs> and that's why it's like, hey, look, guys, he went a whole week without saying anything stupid. 
Yeah, I, I remember the Easter Bunny. I'd forgotten up until now. Um, but yeah, no, he's uh, Trump was playing pretty bad. I mean, he's he's a liability, to, and the MAGA thing in general was a liability to the Republicans. I mean, look, I'm from Virginia. They did, we just elected a Republican governor, big race, um, pretty good margin and everything. And it was because the guy had didn't mention Trump basically once and didn't have anything to do with him and didn't have anything to do with his brain of politics. So anyway, whatever. I mean, I'm not huge into the Republican-Democrat politics. Well, but before you go on, Penguin, I did just look here, and they're not up that much, right? Like, to, to say they're <laughs> up is tr- a true statement. Okay. But the way the media is actually putting it, Joe Biden's approval rating ticks up to its highest level since June. That's like two months ago. <laughs> he wasn't doing so good in June. Right. So we're talking about 40%, basically, according to uh, a recent Reuter, uh, Reuters Ipsos poll. I got to admire how much spin they managed to put on that, though. It's like, yeah. this is highest yeah. point in three days. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and and that's the thing. That's, that's the thing that, if anything, gives me more... Uh, sympathy for the Republicans than than the Democrats is that all the all the professional liars hate them. I mean, it worked, right? I didn't know to what extent his numbers were up. I didn't pay any attention to it. I just saw, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the vague periphery of my vision, I knew that Biden's numbers were up to some extent. And that's, as you said, that's technically a true mm-hmm. statement. But it's a useless, meaningless statement yeah. in, the, in the context of what they're actually talking about. But mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. They got me to to be aware that his numbers were up. Are, are there any polls where they've asked the same questions about Biden and, and Trump? I I would be really curious. Well, apparently, Penguin, you're saying they're also asking about Trump and Trump is even lower. Well, from what I understand, that's the big, that's their big like selling point. That's the one thing they've been able to say the whole time is that uh, President Trump's, I think it's his disapprovals, even though obviously he's not president. But, you know, people's general disapproval when they ask is, is, is lower. And so this is obviously they want to, I mean, look, it's a midterms and it's a really bad, it looks like a really bad midterms for the Dems. And uh, the midterms are always bad for the guy, for the party of the guy who just became president. And um, the Dems want nothing. It's their only slim hope is to keep all attention on Trump as much as possible. Like it rallies his base, but like, his base isn't the country of the Republican Party, so they're, they're, that's their plan, and it's working great. Are we sure it's always bad for the party of the sitting president? Because I seem to recall in 2002 that Republicans did really good in the midterms. I'm not 100% certain, but I thought that was correct. It's it's not always, but generally. Okay. Well, plus this year, uh, I, somebody predicted that there's going to be a large turnout uh, for the midterms, because you've got the Democrats are energized by the Roe versus Wade uh, overturning, and then you've got the Republicans that are going to be energized by the Trump raid. Uh, so it could be record level people actually coming out for midterms, because t- historically, not as many people will vote during midterm elections as they do during a presidential. Well, they're almost there. They just need to realize that voting is a useless waste of their time, and then maybe they will actually make a step toward doing something that will actually solve these problems. So, Penguin, is that why you were calling tonight? Was just to talk about poll numbers, or was there something a little more, you know, something deeper that you you had? Yeah, well, no, I, I think that that's that's exactly why they want all attention on Trump all the time, and he loves to bring in the attention himself. Um, the more the attention they can keep on Trump and have him ranting on camera and stuff, that's their only strategy. To I thought they were just cooked for like decade honestly um i mean they're just they're just getting bad press after bread press and the right 
I don't know. But um, wait, so you're saying like, that by going after Trump, making him the focus of the media again, media won't be paying attention to anything else they're doing? Is that the idea? Well, the media well, tells no, atten- pays attention to whatever the Democrats tell them to. Sure, but what were you saying the there, Dems, Penguin? The Dems have been the Dems have been funding like candidates all over the country that are well to the right of like the average Republican or you know to the the Dems right, are funding or, you know. candidates to the right of Republicans. Yeah, they've been doing that a lot in the primary elections the whole season, the past few months. Um, when you say this, do you mean that in the sense of you know Donald or Ron DeSantis is to the right well, of you know? But, but then what do you mean? Yeah. To clarify, to clarify, yeah, like MAGA pop. I, I really, you know, what does this mean exactly? What does right left mean? Um, but MAGA populist, really hardcore kind of very, also appealing to a very online right. You know, the people that are really like raging about libs of TikTok. And What's like, the goal you know, by the Dems to fund the far right? I mean, basically to basically to put in um, unelectable candidates to office, so office or mm. candidates that are more easily beat by the. Um, you know, the electorate's pretty much in the center. That's why it's the center. So just to make to make a more competitive election for the Dems. And if they pull it, and they've pulled it off in, the, in the quite a few places. So um, it's not disputed. Like, this has been happening all over the country. I've heard it on mainstream outlets, some political commentators. And I've heard it locally. People are, people are pissed off about it. They just support, hmm. you know, regular Republican um, candidates. So they really want the attention on Trump. So somebody like a DeSantis or even like, like Youngkin in Virginia, who's like very Republican, but like not Trumpy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not like going, going wild and a populist kind of guy um, and very electable. I mean, that's, that's the point. Like whatever my opinions of these guys are, these guys are goons and everything to me. I well, really they need to fund my campaigns then, because no one's less elected as a Republican than me. <laughs> Where's my money at? Cut right? me a check. You, you never know. If you, of course, you're that... getting that Coke money, you can just get some, some DNC money. Historically, that hasn't always worked out well for them because uh, Hillary Clinton, for example, thought Trump would be uh, unelectable and supported Mm -hmm. him in the Republican primary um, behind the scenes, is my understanding. Uh, and then and then he beat the hell out of her, which yeah, well, plus, hilarious what, to watch. Plus, even if their candidate doesn't win, couldn't they possibly move the so-called Overton window in a in a more far right direction, forcing other candidates to? Well, suddenly we don't sound so insane mm-hmm. by talking about peaceful secession from New Hampshire after they run a bunch of candidates who talk about armed revolution. Suddenly we sound mm-hmm. you know like we're making sense. Thanks, Penguin, for the call tonight, man. Appreciate hearing from you. Mehdi is on the line in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Mehdi. Hey, hi. How's it going? Uh, What's on your mind? Uh, Ian, uh, nobody. All right. Yeah, so Beauty, uh, eh? uh, it's a good thing that nobody's here because uh, you do programming. Uh, I just wanted to bring up uh, something as far as the state trying to control cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Um, there were, and I brought this up before, so please don't get mad at me. But uh, DARPA uh, hired a company called Trail of Bits to try to find ways to centralize crypto to blockchains. And um, it's not going to be successful, I don't think, but mm-hmm. they, they're, they're looking for ways that they can uh, centralize it. And some of them of are absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous ways, as Aria pointed out uh, last time that, you know, one way, for example, they said like a 51% attack can go down to 20% if they hold all Bitcoin transactions for an hour or something like that, like they shut it down for an hour, which of course will drop red flags and everyone's going to be like, what's going on, right? So. You know, it's not like practical ways they might do it, but they're just looking at different theoretical ways. So I think it's important for us in the freedom community, especially if we know computers and we know people that do computers, to, to, to spread this out so that we can see uh, what, where they're hanging their nooses 
and so we can loosen it. We can we can be proactive, like cat and mouse. You know, they're well, trying to take our currency, but we gotta. Yeah, and they're definitely on the attack. And hang on, Mitty, I'm not sure if you, you've gotten to your main point yet. Um, they're definitely on the attack in a way that they've not yet been about uh, going after cryptocurrency companies and going after individuals. Of course, they're going after some of the hosts of this very show in the Crypto 6 case. They're going after Library with the, the SEC attack on them and Ripple. And now the attack on Tornado Cash. More coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, the $20,000 trash cans developed in San Francisco by the government there. We will talk about that boondoggle on the way here tonight. It's Ian. Nobody. And Arya. And uh, we'll bring up, you can bring whatever you want. Plus, uh, Spain is banning air conditioning below 80 degrees during record-setting summer heat. We got the story about that as well, but your calls in. How's that green energy working out for you, Europe? It turns out they need uh, energy from Russia, and they're worried they're not going to get it. Uh, Isn't that the amazing thing? But if they had green energy, if they had solar panels and wind and all that mm-hmm. nonsense, then why? And you would expect Europe to be on the forefront of this, right? They're the they ultra-liberal socialist Europe. Why yeah. the hell don't they have air conditioners running off of solar energy at this point? Let's go to fun Because up. they can't generate generate enough. It, it's yeah. none. Of, I know that. None of these green energy things are, are anywhere near what they promise. No, Let's but go. nuclear would solve the problem. I want to bring Nettie back on the line here, though. He Germany took talk- its, all its nuclear offline. That's we, why their ACs are set at 90 degrees. We can get into that in a little bit. But we got Medi on the line here. He wanted to talk about cryptocurrency and the attacks against it by the governments of the world. And Medi, go ahead. Yeah, so it's it's really essential that our currency, meaning freedom-loving people like our, us, you know, whoever enjoys wants freedom, mm-hmm. uh, it's essential that our currency is not going to be centralized. And I, I think agree. that's a very important thing. You know, the government can say whatever they want with guns and abortion and this and that. But at the core of everything, if the currency is what makes everything move, whether it's the U.S. dollar, whether it's gold, whatever, currency, right? And if they mm-hmm. take away, if they centralize the way we can exchange value among each other, that's a big deal. Like that's, you know, I'm not going to like that. No one's going to like that at all. And um, an example of this is this tornado cash, uh, the, the, the guy who did the Ethereum mixer. And not to take away from the Crypto 6 stuff, of course, it's crazy what they're doing there, but I don't know how much 
I could talk well, about the tornado cash thing is much worse. Uh, what they're doing yeah. and what they're so, doing in crypto six. I mean, crypto six, they're just targeting six individuals. Uh, of course, they they've targeted many others for similar charges, and they all took plea deals in the in the past. So it's not like we're the first. Uh, but uh, we're the first who didn't take plea deals. <laughs> well, that's that's well, the, with the exception of Morpheus out in uh, in Arizona, we we are the first. And uh, so they're going after some what individuals. What happened to Morpheus? Convicted. Uh, he made the mistake of taking a uh, money laundering charge to court when it was pretty clear. That's right, but they dropped the money transmission they, they charge. Did. Yeah, uh, they they had him dead to rights, unfortunately, on the the money laundering charge. So I mean, it it wasn't really much of a a case, in my opinion, from looking at it from the outside. But that said, uh, Medi, you know, the the situation with Tornado Cash is particularly bad for listeners that don't know. This this went down last week where the federal government treasury department uh, announced that they are sanctioning a technology they're sanctioning a, a mixer for ethereum on the internet called tornado cash that is essentially just code that's running on the ethereum blockchain platform and they're saying that if you touch that code if you interact with that code you'll be guilty of fel- felony for violating sanctions and then uh, continuing with this particular thread, the Netherlands police arrested one of the parent program uh, programmers of Tornado Cash last week, and he's being charged with various different things. We, we thought for a moment they were going to extradite him, but it's actually he's facing charges in the Netherlands. So this is an international attack by multiple governments against privacy technology. And this is a huge attack on the world of cryptocurrency, especially if they get away with it. And ultimately, the big question is, how do you challenge sanctions? And was it a government or was it a corporation that said, hey, if any of your Ethereum or your tokens or whatever went through Tornado Cash at any point, we're blacklisting all of them. Who was that? Corporations are doing that. There's various different uh, companies. Not that that's any better. No, USDC uh, is the one of the world's largest stable coins, which are token crypto tokens backed by dollars, ostensibly. They blacklisted a bunch of addresses and froze their funds. And then just uh, within the last few days, there was news about a so-called decentralized derivatives exchange called DYDX that has now blocked an undisclosed number of users' accounts because funds in their wallets, had passed through Tornado Cash at some point. So, quote, Insane. Many accounts were blocked. This is according to the exchange. Many accounts were blocked because a certain portion of the wallet's funds were associated at some time with Tornado Cash, unquote. So That's really disappointing, especially from an exchange that named themselves with a calculus joke. Um, is that what that is? Well, they trade derivatives, and DYDX is what is the derivative of Y over X. Ah, okay. So there you go, Mehdi. Uh, yeah, this is really bad news. Yeah, and uh, so there's something that I read, a, a tweet, um, but it was on Facebook, but it was a screenshot of a tweet of someone put, and it's really sent chills down my spine regarding this case. I don't know if it's true or not. You can tell me if this is actually a correct statement. What, and this is going to be a dystopian future, and this is going to be crazy if this is true. There is a guy who is going to jail because he wrote an open source code that a bad guy used to do bad things. That's correct. And That's the Tornado Cash programmer. Going to jail. And, the, and the guy who wrote the open source, so this is going to discourage, if this goes through, it's going to discourage anyone from doing open, open source. Cause no, you, what it'll do is it'll discourage them from doing it publicly. So it'll make it so ah. that everybody that's writing these technologies will 
keep themselves anonymous, which is the smartest move that one of the smartest moves Satoshi Nakamoto and whoever it was that created uh, Monero, and some believe it was Satoshi Nakamoto who created Monero. Uh, it was the smartest move that those people made was keeping themselves anonymous because you better believe the cops would be kicking in their doors too. Oh yeah, the greatest trick the devil ever played is convincing the world that he didn't exist. I thought it was that one melon grab he the did. Usual suspects. <laughs> what? It's a t-shirt, man. Oh, okay. What's that, Mitty? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just absolutely crazy that someone is going to jail for writing an open source code that a bad guy used to do bad things. I mean, it's open source code. How can he get in trouble for? Writing a code that's open source. Yeah, that's like, ultimately the question. Now, again, maybe he'll win. Maybe it'll come down to a jury trial, and the jury will say this is ridiculous. Set this guy free, but that doesn't mean that he gets his time back that he had to sit in a prison cell for. And you know, anyway, we also don't know what he was actually charged with. We know that he wrote code for this project, but maybe he went out and promoted it to. Uh, to somebody that he knew was doing something illegal. You, hmm. you well, don't, don't know. know. But control freaks have been, they've been kicking this horse. They've been beating down this door for decades, right? They've been saying this gun manufacturers should be held accountable for what people do with guns. They, they've been, the writing has been on the wall about how people use their tools and how we should hold the tool manufacturers accountable. As long mm-hmm. as I've been alive. We, it was with firearms through most of it. Now it's like, oh, is, we got to hold the coders responsible for how people use their programs. It's just another, another aspect of the same lack of accountability that they've been beating on for mm-hmm. the last 30, 40 years. Thank you, Mehdi, for the call tonight. Thanks. I do appreciate Thanks hearing from time. you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. They did hint... At uh, in their press release, the uh, they're called the FIOD, F-I-O-D in the Netherlands, FIOD.nl. Uh, they say he's suspected of involvement in concealing criminal financial flows and facilitating money laundering through the mixing of cryptocurrencies through the decentralized Ethereum mixing service Tornado Cash. So it sounds like money laundering charges and whatever the charges of concealing criminal financial flows, which sounds like money laundering to some extent Uh, do you have to do any kyc to put a smart contract on the ethereum blockchain? of course not okay i mean it's a decentralized application anybody who wants to just i think they just pay whatever the gas fees are and put it out there yeah but you got to stay anonymous man if you're putting out there if you're putting out there a tool that can be used in a way that the governments don't like ever Stay anonymous. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. the real takeaway from this is, uh, yeah, if you're programming something, the next great privacy technology, as as tempting as it must be to say, hey, I did this, right? Like, oh, hey, I'm a good programmer. Look at the work that I've done. Get your your just uh, attention for that, right? Get get patted on the back by the world programming community or whatever. Possibly get hired as a consultant or you know, there's there's money to be made, right? If you're a good if you're a good programmer, uh, in this case, you'll end up in prison cells. The way it's looking. So this is pretty awful what's happening to this guy. And they, uh, again, also said they cannot rule out multiple arrests. So they're looking for who else might be involved in promulgating this particular technology. Maybe he wasn't the only programmer. Uh, More coming up here in moments. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live.
is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here, and you can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I did actually find some more news about Tornado Cash, which is, in my opinion, one of the most important stories of the year so far in the world of cryptocurrency, where the U.S. federal government is targeting now a technology and saying... This is now sanctioned. That means that it is at the level of interacting with someone from Iran or North Korea to simply interact with a piece of technology. I mean, you had mentioned earlier how smart, how prescient uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's the creator of Bitcoin, was to remain anonymous. But I mean, can you imagine the the charges of money laundering that they would hit Satoshi Nakamoto with if if he did come forward? I mean, can you yeah. imagine how much Bitcoin has been sent to an Iranian or a North Korean or whatever right. that's flagrantly violated U.S. sanctions or whatever in them that would not have been possible without the creation of Bitcoin? I want to get into it further, but Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Peace What's in your with you? Um, well, I got a couple things on my mind. I got a fresh bone of news out of Minnesota. And then I want to break down the uh, Latin linguistics of the word patriot. All right. But uh, first off, what's going on in Minnesota, I believe is Minneapolis. Are you asking me? No, okay. I think just Are you there? (laughs) I think we just lost him right after he said that. Yeah. Uh, He'll call back. Yeah. Uh, We'll put him on hold. Maybe he has a bad sell or something like that. Perplexing. So, I thought for a minute he was asking me, well, how the hell do I know, man? I don't know. So uh, we already mentioned there was one of these quote-unquote decentralized exchanges that has blacklisted the uh, the sanctioned addresses. So the U.S. government came out with a list of addresses that are related to Tornado Cash that say you cannot do business with these addresses because they're related to Tornado Cash. If you've gotten uh, Ethereum out of Tornado Cash, then that is essentially bad Ethereum now. It is dirty Ethereum. How does a decentralized exchange do this, though? It's not decentralized enough. The the, people who are running it decided, whoever, whatever amount of them, decided to make these changes and block users based on the fact that they allegedly had some money come out of tornado cash and it's not just this one exchange according to cryptoslate.com uh, ave uniswap and balancer uh, which not are, uniswap which are three of the largest uh so-called decentralized exchanges on the planet and more reportedly have now banned wallets which have interacted with tornado cash A centralized data set created by trm labs appears to be responsible for the accounts being banned Wait, so if you create a new wallet and you send all of your tokens and all of your Ethereum to this new wallet, then you didn't directly associate with Tornado Cash in this new wallet, even if your funds did. It's not clear um, if they're allowing any hops between the wallets because ultimately, like you say, anybody can easily create new wallets and move funds from one to the next. They could then claim, well, I didn't do that. You know, I didn't do that. And how can you prove that it was me? But it doesn't matter to these people. They just don't want to touch the uh, anything that's coming out of this sanctioned entity this is insane like it is. the corner news here one of the oldest uh, cryptocurrency accepting places here in Kane. I, I think they actually stopped taking cryptocurrency but I know, regardless it's so sad but let, let's almost assume, a decade yeah i know let's assume they didn't though and suddenly you know they've been taking ethereum or whatever and now mm-hmm. suddenly you know 
They've got five Ethereum tied up, and they're like, you, know, you, you can never use this. It's been burned, basically. You can yeah. never use it again, because at one point, the, per, the people who gave you this Ethereum for those Coca-Colas, for those cigarettes, or whatever they were buying, passed it through the Thunder Cash. Thunder tornado, swap, cash. tornado Cash. I don't know why I always say Thunder every time it comes Thunder around. Thunder Cash sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that, that would be my decentralized <laughs> alternative, would be Thunder Cash. But, and um, they would target you, too. Well, I wouldn't make it known yeah. that it was me. <laughs> right. I can't interact with cryptocurrency at the moment, so it's definitely not me, whoever's out there creating right. you know, Thunder Cash. You're not a programmer anyway, are you? No, yeah. certainly not. Uh, several decentralized applications on the Ethereum network have now implemented code changes to revoke access from quote-unquote sanctioned addresses. The currently identified protocols are Aave, which for listeners that don't know, this is one of the big crypto loan platforms. You could take your Ethereum or your USDC or your wrapped Bitcoin or whatever, and you go into Aave and they give you a they give you a rate, like whatever the current market rate is for lending on this. They'll pay you a APY. APR or APY or whatever to loan money to their system, and it's usually pretty generous. Uh, not from what I understand. Not from what really? I understand. But uh, I don't use the system myself. But somebody I know did look into it, and it was like you know one to two percent. Okay, which, but in the grand yeah. scheme of how banks work, one to two percent is pretty generous. Yeah, that's true. Uh, per year, and so okay, per year that's kind of that's kind of weak. But it's a lot more to pull it out. So they they want to reward people to put. Uh, crypto into the platform so other people can pull it out right as loans and the loans range based on how how much demand there is so if there's a lot of demand for a certain token then the loan rates are much higher you might pay you know 15 20 percent or or something like that whereas if it's not as much demand it might only be five percent or or four percent it's kind of an interesting way they had it set up but they're obviously not decentralized enough because now they have locked out any access to the sanctioned addresses from tornado cash and also uniswap which is i believe the largest decentralized uh ethereum swapping platform on the planet last i heard other ones i had not heard of called ren oasis and i've heard of balancer so multiple platforms out there doing this uh they identified the github repositories in question the address screening that has been put into place revolves around a company called TRM Labs, a compliance company. Boy, I wish those people didn't exist. Anybody with the name compliance in their... Uh, in their- I wish the institutions with which they were writing code that it was compliant with would also cease to exist. Because none of this has been held up in any U.S. court. None of this has been tried in the U.S. No. court. It has yet to be determined whether it's or not the U.S. It's just some bureaucrats yeah. saying something. Yeah, and it's yet to be determined whether or not they're constitutionally even allowed to do this. Uh, and, and that's the question is, how do you determine that? Who, who can just go and has the standing to say, I'm challenging this decision by the Treasury Department to sanction this technology? What, this guy they arrested in Iceland or wherever it was, Denmark? I don't remember the place now. Yeah, the Netherlands. Netherlands, that was it. Would he have the standing to do that? I, I if don't If they know. charged him in the U.S., I would think so. Which but if they, they haven't do, done. Yeah, but if they don't charge him, then no, you have to be a victim of government overreach. You I mean, the, the amount of power that is in the hands of these unelected bureaucrats, to go back to what we were talking about in the first hour, unelected bureaucrats running the Treasury Department, the amount of power is unsurpassed. All they have to do is wave their little pen and say, we're going to add you to the sanctioned list. Boom. Now you are a persona non grata. Your business is done. All these other businesses out there are going to stop talking to you, and you're lucky if you don't get snatched up and thrown into into a prison cell. I mean, we just watched all of that happen. Yeah. Here, I mean, this guy—he's been locked up. He's been thrown into a prison cell, 
and uh, being charged with money laundering or facilitating money laundering, some sort of nonsense like that. But yeah, just the flick of a pin from a bureaucrat. And all of these things have come to pass. This company, TRM Labs, the compliance company, they offer their services to decentralized apps via an API. The page on their website refers to the tool as applicable for, quote, new Russia-related designations, unquote. However, following the OFAC move to sanction all address related to Tornado Cash, it appears that users that have interacted with Tornado Cash are now also being labeled as sanctioned and banned from these platforms. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. As inflation surpasses another 40-year high, the U.S. dollar continues to weaken. Savvy investors are diversifying into gold and silver, and you can also own the most stable assets in recorded history with BullionMax.com. BullionMax.com is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's security for your family in times of crisis. Buy direct from BullionMax.com without talking to a salesperson, and your precious metals ship fully insured directly to your home. It's fast and easy. Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. Get BullionMax.com Silver Starter Kit at employee pricing. Just go to BullionMax.com FTL. This kit includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, a Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar. This offer is limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. live and you can bring up whatever you want the number here is 603-283-6160 by the way people wondering what happened to nobody he uh was not feeling well so he decided to call it an early night so it's just r and i here uh for the remainder of the evening and of course we'll take your phone calls 603-283-6160 uh we've been talking about the situation with tornado cash that just is getting uglier because well Understandably, people are afraid of the federal government gang. They are afraid of the violence that this goon squad will bring down upon their lives. And many of them are running for cover. They're, they're trying to do everything they can, even on so-called decentralized finance sites, which have for the last few years been the sort of the darlings of the cryptocurrency industry. They've been heralded as the next step in finance, we're going to decentralize finance. We're going to take it away from the banks. We're going to take it away from the loan sharks. And In theory, right? And it was looking good for a while there. It was looking like a cool concept. The idea being that you could just go to this website. You could lay down some collateral. Because you can't get uncollateralized Bitcoin loans. They're not that stupid. Uh, but you lay down some collateral. So let's say you've got Bitcoin. You have to, in most cases, what they do, what they call wrap it first, which is also a risky activity, meaning that you have to send the Bitcoin to a trusted third party, and then they send you tokens back on the Ethereum blockchain that are called wrapped Bitcoin. Oh, that's what wrapped Bitcoin was. You didn't know what that was? No, yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'll deal with actual Bitcoin. Thank you. Yeah, because it's not real Bitcoin. It's just an right. Ethereum token that is represents a Bitcoin. It trades at the, the price of Bitcoin. But of course, if the centralized uh, re- repertoire or whatever, the centralized issuer of these 
tokens gets raided or something, if they get taken down by a hacker, then all of a sudden their wrapped Bitcoin is going to go to zero real fast. So that's one of the big risks involved in wrapping things. But let's just put that aside for a moment. You wrap some Bitcoin, you put it into one of these platforms like Aave or whatever the other ones are, and, uh, and then they will give you whatever else you want on that platform as a loan at a certain rate, a certain APR that, uh, that you have to pay back. And then you do whatever you want to do without other things. So you haven't actually traded Bitcoin for that other thing. You've just simply put it in as collateral and you've received a loan back. It's usually a fraction. You know, you can get to choose what fraction. So if you put in a whole Bitcoin, you might get, you know, a fifth of a Bitcoin's worth of the other thing that you want. It's an interesting thing. And it's very, very popular. There are many, many billions of dollars in value, what they call locked into these systems. And as I understand it, if the value of Bitcoin plummets enough, like if it drops by half or 50% or yeah. whatever, then they automatically sell off the Bitcoin to liquidate the debt. Correct. Yep. And that has happened to people. In, and that's why a lot of people were flipping out recently when it got down to $20,000 or whatever it was at. Because there were a lot of liquidations going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, But it's an interesting concept. And the idea is you don't have to apply Right, because if you go down to the the bank, you got to give them ID. You got to put down your where you work, and you got to show a history of pay stubs. And there's all kinds of info that they want from you. Got to deal with the centralized credit rating agencies. Right. In the case of DeFi or decentralized finance, they don't even know who you are because they don't care. Because it doesn't matter. Because you're you're collateralizing the loan, and you're just this anonymous entity, basically. So, from a conceptual standpoint, it's an interesting concept. From an execution standpoint, we're not quite there yet as far as decentralized is concerned. I don't know, man. My gut tells me that it it seems like a way to help rich people get richer while not really doing anything for anyone else. It is a way for people who have any amount of cryptocurrency to make an an APR on that. Okay, fair. Yeah, they don't Uh, necessarily have to be wealthy. I mean, obviously with the Ethereum blockchain, you know, not... Too long ago, it was ten dollars just to use one transaction on the on the blockchain. So it was, yeah, it but even further back to, ago, you could get an entire Ethereum for like one hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying it would have been silly. You know, if you only had ten dollars worth of Ethereum, then yeah, you pretty much would be priced out of of putting it onto these things. But if you got a few hundred bucks, then you could do you could do something with that. Uh, but again, you know, it's not decentralized enough as we're finding out here in this story from CryptoSlate.com, where they're reporting on. Uh, you can't call them companies. They're just these decentralized projects called uh, Ave and Uniswap. And well, they're centralized several- enough to make decisions about what to allow and what not to allow on their platforms. Right. And there are people who hold uh, tokens. So usually what happens is with these decentralized autonomous organizations, the way they organize themselves is that they have a token. So like the Uniswap platform has a token. The Ave pl- platform, I think, has their own token. And so the people that want to have a say in how these systems are run, they acquire those tokens, they pay for them, and then they hold them, and then they usually get some sort of voting rights on on making a decision. That is how Dash worked, right? Yes, Dash was the first and success first successful uh, decentralized autonomous organization. Dash still works that way, in that the master nodes are the ones that have the say over how the network uh, proceeds and what it spends its money on, and that sort of thing. 
Um, so in this case, it appears that whoever it is that is in control of these so-called decentralized platforms has decided to shut down access from the Tornado Cash, not just the sanctioned addresses that the U.S. government issued a list of, but apparently they're also restricting anyone who has interacted with Tornado Cash are now being considered as sanctioned by the uh, by a company called TRM Labs that offers quote unquote compliance services to these so-called decentralized apps and any decentralized app that is using a compliance services company <laughs> is not decentralized enough. No, you're right because if they were decentralized enough, they wouldn't need to comply. They would be beyond the reach care. of the federal government. Right. There they, would be no one for the federal government to raid or to kick correct. in their door or to arrest. They would, but that's the problem with a lot of these is they are not anonymously created the, the people who've made these s- systems are proud of what they've done and they put their names on them and so they're which is afraid. understandable yeah they're afraid and that really this brings this begs the question and you touched on this earlier aria it's not hard for an individual or somebody with a script could do this hundreds of times to make a new ethereum address take the money that they take out of tornado cash send it to that new address and then send it to five more new addresses then? Isn't that essentially Tornado Cash, though? No, 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 no. Tornado Cash mixes your Ethereum with other people's Ethereum. And so you wouldn't get out the same Ethereum that you put in. You're just creating it. a lot, lot of hops. Yeah, it, just, it adds hops. Okay. So the question is, how many hops before the bad Ethereum coming out of Tornado Cash becomes usable again? Because if it's unlimited numbers of hops, then this essentially becomes untouchable Ethereum. And then it's not useful to anybody anymore and that's a scary concept because Has tmr anybody, answered that question i don't know um it's not clear how far they're considering it to be sanctioned outside of that um but the, you know that's an important question because there's supposedly some number of billions of dollars like seven or eight billion dollars worth of ethereum that have passed through this mixer well normally i would presume after somebody mixes some ethereum they might go and spend it on something and put it into one of these platforms or buy something on the internet with it or or whatever and so that the that money gets moved around somebody pointed out that like 90 percent of ethereum is no more than two hops away from somebody who's had a tornado you know who's got tornado cash interactions and they're just punishing someone who sold sold some cryptocurrency or who sold an actual real physical product for cryptocurrency yeah it's scary. Dangerous precedents. Uh, so a little bit more here from this story. So we, we mentioned the other night that somebody, unknown person, has been sending Ethereum from Tornado Cash. Because it's still operating. It's just a smart contract. It right. is, as I understand it, it cannot be sh- shut down. Uh, <laughs> unlike some of these decentralized, pla- so-called decentralized platforms that are changing how their systems run. Leave it to the government to target something that cannot be shut down. So somebody out there on the internet is taking their Ethereum, sending it through Tornado Cash, and making it come out on the other side into popular people's wallets. People who have who have public identities, like the CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, Justin Sun, who's the programmer behind Tron and other uh, cryptocurrencies. He announced recently that he's now blocked from going on to the Aave website because somebody sent him a tenth of an Ethereum from Tornado Cash into his public Ethereum wallet. Nice. That's good activism there, man. Somebody's stirring (laughs) it up. There's more coming up.
Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. And Arya. We're talking about the uh, sort of the interesting things that have been happening, the, the really sad things that have been happening in the, the wake of the tornado cash decision by the U.S. federal government goons to add tornado cash, which is an Ethereum mixer, to the list of sanctions. You know, I want to say kudos to this activist who we were just talking about. And I'm going to characterize this person as an activist. I don't know if they are or not, but they've been sending Ethereum through the tornado cash network or through the through the mix or whatever yeah. and then sending like a tenth of ethereum to various popular addresses like the CEO a CEO of Coinbase right. and people like that you know that to exchanges way, apparently as well government or not government but uh, the public exchanges that way all of those ethereum wallets that receive ethereum from him also end up banned by this company as a result yes. of this uh, treasury ruling <laughs> and all of that so he answered the question for us. We've been opining on who is going to be able to you know, speak up and do something about this. Well, this, this activist here solved the problem. The CEO of Coinbase will raise this issue with Congress Maybe and so. the Treasury. And if they won't, then Coinbase will, uh, Kraken will, Binance will, all of these exchanges that are going to be affected by this, they're going to be upset. And they're going to bring it to them like, hey, like, guys... You can't do this. You implemented this in a bad way. Regrettably, Coinbase and all of these others that want to play ball with the government like, why don't you implement it this other way that we've come up with that will benefit us a little mm. bit more? But, I mean, they, they will... Maybe. Maybe they will. You might be right about that. I think they'll have to, right? If Brian Armstrong can never use his Ethereum again because someone sent him a tenth of an Ethereum but or whatever. But that's the thing. But, the, the, uh, the crypto industry doesn't have sway in Congress. They got, like, one lady who's a senator... Who's into crypto? She's from Wyoming. Cynthia Lummis, I think, is her name. So she's sort of like the active senator who's trying to put legislation forward to quote unquote help the industry. And I'm skeptical of that uh, at best. But I don't the, blame you. But they're not lobbying, you know, like like Microsoft. Didn't Coinbase and- try that though? Coinbase did try to go and and curry favor with these people, and it didn't seem to go very well for them. That's true. They did get threatened by the SEC right after that because yes. they wanted to start their loan platform. And the SEC was like, hey, if you do this, we're going to sue you. That's right. Yeah. And they wouldn't even talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's right. So, and then, of course, the SEC is going after Library. Uh, they and, are. And others. Not just Library, Ripple, and, and several others that right. I've never heard of before. Uh, so they're so this is bad, and maybe you're right, Arya. Maybe this will encourage these centralized exchanges to try to change this situation. But I'm not optimistic that that's going to happen. I, it well, they're seems- not going to allow any situation, any solution, quote solution to this problem to exist. If that solution can also inadvertently result in the CEO of Coinbase having his Ethereum address permanently flagged. The, the, the yeah. situation is just going to be intolerable to them, and they're going to That's have to true. work out a different solution. And right now, it's it all hinges on this AMR, whatever the name of the company was, the compliance company. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones who are writing the software determining. They might which, get them to change how yeah. they do and, it, and yeah. that's a that's a much easier hurdle for them to leap than the over. The whole federal government or the Treasury right. Department. Yeah, I can definitely see that being the case. And that's one of the problems with centralization. Right back to the problems with centralization. If all of these quote decentralized exchanges are getting their compliance software from this one company, then this one company controls Fail. all the decentralized exchanges. You know, I want to give a shout out to the people over at Thorchain, which uh, sent. This out today via their official Twitter. Thorchain is 
the supposed gold standard in decentralized exchanges. It's a very interesting experiment that I've been watching closely because, unfortunately, I'm not like you, Aria, under bail conditions. We, you and I are not allowed to use cryptocurrency, but that now, doesn't mean I can't Thor- learn about it. ThorChain basically found a way to take Shapeshift and make it decentralized, right? Whereas you Shapeshift have- took ThorChain, uh, is using ThorChain uh, chain technology to, decent, so okay. to exchange between But I mean, the essence clients. of what uh, ThorChain is doing is like Shapeshift, what, what, what they were doing, but now it's decentralized. Like, you had uh, decentralized exchanges that could only do Ethereum tokens way back in the day. This is allowing people to exchange what they call level one cryptos. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, uh, Ethereum, I think Binance Coin. Monero? They added Doge. There's plans to do Monero. That'll be good. And that's obviously something that's stirring up controversy right now because they're worried. Some people are worried about, well, what's going to happen to ThorChain? Well, here's what they said today on their official Twitter, uh, which I follow. Message to all DeFi protocol developers. If you think you're in a vulnerable vulnerable position, and I don't know what WRT stands for. It's some sort of With short. regard to. Oh, thank you. With regard to your users, then conduct a planned obsolescence, hand over everything to your community, and leave. Adding block lists turns your DeFi app into a centralized finance app and increases your liability. Nice. So they are not going to be doing that. They cannot, from what I understand. It sounds like they're getting ready that. to hand the keys to the community. Because ThorChain is a protocol, and they have no way of of blocking anything. Like There's no block list on ThorChain. So uh, that's awesome. And I hope that they continue that particular ethos into the future, because that's what we need. Yep. We, we need systems that are untouchable by the state, because if all of these these de- developers on these other so-called DeFi platforms crumble under the potential for what might happen in the future because the federal government is scary and they will start putting people in prison in order to send a message out there that you can't mess with them. Don't you dare try to create some sort of alternative finance uh, system to our anointed ones. If there aren't enough people who are willing to you know, just flip those those goons off and say, we'll, we'll do what we want, screw you. You know, a lot of these people aren't even based in the United States. But yet they're still, oh, they're so worried about what's going to happen. Well, why shouldn't they be? They, the creator of uh, Tornado Cash was recently arrested in the Netherlands, That's or true. one of the programmers for Tornado Cash in the Netherlands. Yeah, this is an international attack against cryptocurrency. I, I get it. Uh, but I got to agree with, with ThorChain here. You know, if, you, if you've got your name on something and it's making you nervous, then just walk away from that, that project. Yep, take your name off it. Yeah. But that's not what we're seeing happening. Instead, they're cracking down. Uh, Tornado Cash, uh, somebody spoke uh, from the Tornado Cash team to CryptoSlate.com, and they were given an anonymity for their own protection. will be referred to as TC member for the sake of this story. The Tornado Cash contributor told CryptoSlate's Akiba that, quote, multi-sigs shut down the uh, decentralized autonomous organization. We're all out. Better safe than sorry, unless it all calms down a bit, unquote. So what happened was they apparently shut down their entire decentralized autonomous organization. Again, Tornado Cash is continuing to operate. Well, yeah, they can't stop it. But the decentralized autonomous organization that was associated with it is now done. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tornado Cash is decentralized and open source, right? That's my understanding. So it doesn't need a DAO in the first place, right? My understanding is the DAO could not change the... So what the hell was the point they, of the existence yeah, of the decentralized know. autonomous organization except Having, to allow these people to feel 
good about themselves? Having not been involved, I can't say for sure. Maybe they could have submitted code changes or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, but the member declared, quote, there goes decentralization, unquote, in what they described as a, quote, S-E situation, which I'm censoring for radio. Following the closing of the Tornado Cash DAO, quote, DAO funds have been returned to governance contracts, multi-sig deleted. That means their multi-signature wallet was closed out. Now, what that was for, I don't know, but they had one and now it's gone. Uh, the removal of the DAO multi-sig indicates this may be the end for Tornado Cash, the member confirmed. While clarifying that's only their opinion, the member reaffirmed that, quote, multi-sig shut down the DAO, Tornado Cash can't fight the United States. Unquote. Well, then don't put yourself in a position to, you morons. He said, nobody- And it sounds like you didn't. It sounds like Thunder Tornado Cash, again, there I go, it's saying mm-hmm. Thunder. Tornado Cash set itself up to operate independently of the decentralized autonomous organization. I hope so. To just sit there on the blockchain doing whatever it, whatever it is that it does. He asserted that, quote, nobody did anything wrong. The world is effed up. The person confirmed that the DAO was shut down, quote, to keep members safe and avoid legal issues, unquote, as the situation is, quote, dangerous for all devs, unquote, even those outside of the Tornado Cash ecosystem. They also confirmed that they believe a co-founder of Tornado Cash, a different one than the one that was arrested, this one's name is Roman Storm, is looking for attorneys in the Netherlands as of a few days ago, which they presume must be for Aleski Pertsev, who is the man that was arrested. The general mood of the member was despondent as they admitted they needed a vacation after the troubling week. The future of Tornado Cash looks gloomy as its torn token is down 20% on the day. So apparently there is a token involved in this and the role of torn governance token is currently as known due to the DAO being closed. I think there's uh, something un- uh, missing there. I think it's unknown. I think they mean the, the role of that token is now unknown since the DAO is being shut down. Because normally, again, these tokens are used to administer the decentralized autonomous organization to give people voting power right. within it. So it's a developing situation. On the way, we're going to get into the trash cans. $20,000 trash cans in San Francisco. What is going on out there? It is insane, and Aria's got that story. Coming up, hour number three is on the way, and you can join us here. 603-283-6160. Weigh in on Privacy Coins if you want as well. It's Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before ForkFest. ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the show, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian and Aria. Whether you want to comment on the attack on cryptocurrency, specifically on privacy coins, uh, which hasn't started officially yet, but they went after Tornado Cash, which is a privacy technology. So if they can go after a decentralized set of code that's running on the Ethereum blockchain, there's no reason why they can't just sanction Monero while they're at it, or Zcash, or, you know, Hush, or any of the other ones. Well, why can't they go after the creator of Ethereum, Eric Voorhees, I believe? No, that's uh, the shapeshift creator. Yeah, that's You're right. E- Eric of... something is the other no. guy. No. Is now it that not? Now that you've said the wrong name, the real name isn't coming to me. Okay, I thought it was uh, Eric something. But anyway, why can't they go after the creator of Ethereum? Who, by the way, has used Tornado Cash? Um, well, Ethereum's running Tornado Cash. So, by Correct. definition, the guy who created Ethereum is. If you're going to go after a programmer, yeah. why not go after the top dog, right? And, Vitalik know, is his name, Vitalik Paterin. And if you're going to do that, why not go after all of the Ethereum miners out there who are facilitating these transactions by yep. confirming the transactions on the blockchain they may have considered those things uh and they could certainly do that let's go to the phone so you can bring up what you want we're going to get into the twenty thousand dollar trash cans coming up here in san francisco but well, we're not going to get into the trash cans but uh, that's the problem with them you can't get into them we'll, we'll learn more about it uh but we've got sarah on the line in new mexico go ahead sarah yeah that trash can thing does sound interesting it, it's just kind of interesting but Oh, you'll love it, Sarah. Well, if you actually listen to the show, then you might learn about it. Yeah. So I just want to. It sounds interesting, but um, I just want to bring up that we have uh, a shortage of elementary school crossing guards this year. Really? Who has a shortage? Albuquerque. Okay, so Sarah doesn't have a shortage. (laughs) She said we. Um. Well, the thing is that we want to, you know, get the crossing guards uh, to protect the children where they're crossing the street. Are you going to do this, Sarah? That was going to be my question for her. It's like, Sarah, why don't you sign up? They're hiring. It sounds like they're desperate. They'll take you. Uh, No, I got my reasons, but the thing is that... What are your reasons? Why don't you... Don't you care about protecting the children? Yeah, but I'm not going to get hit by a car. Oh, I see. She's going to let the children get hit instead. (laughs) Well, after they hit me, after that... that it's hard that, to really take you seriously, too. Sarah, if on one hand you say, we want to protect the children, but you yourself are not willing to lift a finger to actually go and do that. Well, you know, well, we need to put more speeding cameras. We need red light cameras. That's what we need to do. That's so not that going to stop people from running over children at crossing uh, crosswalks. Well, they're afraid uh, it's gonna. They have to pay a hundred dollar ticket, or it's gonna go into the um, collection agency. How many? You know, how much is the ticket? A hundred dollars. But how many see, kids do I get to run over for a one hundred dollar ticket? <laughs> but look, if you cross, if you run over, hit the crosswalk, and then the kid afterwards, you don't pay nothing. Oh, even they're better, <laughs> free of charge. Point. Yeah, they're just gonna be like, "Well, that was an accident." Well, you know, and then just like, "Well, you didn't mean to do it." But if you run a red light, if you get a, if you speed, you get a ticket, and that hurts the it hurts them more in their wallet. But if you actually hurt hit a person, there's no consequences because uh, they have to poli- approve malicious intent, like running over your husband 10 times and saying that he was a speed bump. So are you 
Are you asserting here on national radio that if I ever feel like running a red light, then my best interest is to find a kid to run over (laughs) because that's going to bring the least repercussions to me? So just run over a crosswalk and a kid behind it and say that you were just texting on the phone. I couldn't couldn't stop in time and somebody hit me from the back. You actually think that'll work? I I think you live in a crazy fantasy world, Sarah. Well, this is the best. How much? Okay, how much do cross guards get paid? They're more they're than not, you do. Well, they're probably getting maybe twenty bucks an hour. But you get you get a negligent driver, you get your legs broken, and uh, and then the kid gets a hit, and then and then uh, that's the end of it. You so know that uh, <laughs> as a crossing guard, you have a like a bright uniform. With neon colors, and you get your own right. little stop sign. I mean, I would think it would give you a, a feeling of power, Sarah, to be able to just wave a stop sign and make people stop. Well, here in New Mexico, that they, they don't stop. They just keep on Oh, going. where so are the stories about crossing cars. guards being hit by cars in, uh, in Albuquerque? Why do you mention that? That's exactly what I'm looking at right now is, you know, how often are crossing walk guards killed by drivers? And- it must happen. It must have happened somewhere, given the amount of time that crossing guards spend. I've got a story from 2022 and a okay. story from 2016. Where's the 2022 one? Are you it looking specifically for New say. Mexico, or are you looking yeah, nationwide? Just, in, just nationwide. Yeah. Right. Uh, this was in Maryland. Yeah. I mean, it must it must happen. Yeah, but it can't uh, be that common, right? it can't be You know common. when you're coming to a school zone that you're coming to a school zone. There's right. signs everywhere. There's already there's people the not speeding. There's in, in, you know, that tell you you have to slow down to 20 miles an hour. Yeah. There's usually a bunch of people walking around, and then there's the person there in the big orange or big yellow vest with the stop sign. Just think about it, Sarah. If you saw somebody, think about the power that you could have if you saw somebody speeding through a school zone you could call the police on that person and then they would get even worse than a ticket they'd probably get a really big ticket or maybe even some sort of criminal charge i mean you could be the person doing that this is a great job for a busybody like yourself and you could get paid but you're too much of a coward is what it sounds like are you chicken sarah i don't want to do it either would you describe yourself as a chicken no, I think the robots and the computer automated cameras could do just as good of a job. So you're not a chicken. You just don't want to you know, put anything at risk is what you're How saying. much money would it be worth it to you to get you out there as a crossing guard, Sarah? Mm, what question. would we have to pay you per hour? Well, the thing is, I, I'm more into like uh, legislatures. I'm more, I, you know, talk to the representatives. No, no amount, Aria. She, you couldn't give her a million dollars an hour and she she wouldn't do it. Is that true, Sarah? No, I, no, I'm too scared of cars. They don't stop. <laughs> well, I mean, what good's a million dollars if you're food. dead, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What good, what good is $20 per hour? No, no, no. A million dollars per hour, Sarah. If I was to offer you a million dollars per hour to get out there and be a crosswalk guard, would you do it? Well, it's it's uh it's never going to happen. So oh, that's not doesn't even sound like it. You know I mean? Sarah likes the world where she doesn't have to work. She Clearly, loves... she she prefers calling legislatures. Yeah, she likes calling talk yeah. shows. She likes calling bureaucrats and that's politicians. That's not a job, Sarah. And she wants to put all the other old ladies in the line of fire out there. Hey, but you know what? Calling you guys at work because we're going to get twelve 
beating cameras back here. And people right, that's enough out of you tonight, Sarah. Thank you for the call. The calling us did not help with that, Sarah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to tell you She this. always gives us credit for everything that happens in Albuquerque. And I don't even know if we're on the air there right now. I think we have a station maybe on weekends. Uh, I think Kiva might be running us there, but honestly, I don't know. Well, David used to fill us in on all of the trauma going on yeah. with the radio station there. One of them at least used to carry us. We've been on actually two different stations in Albuquerque over the years. But still, I mean, calling Free Talk Live is not what got, you know, the city of Albuquerque more red light cameras or whatever. And it, you are not persuasive enough, Sarah, to, to be the per- I know you think you are. But you're not the person to be out there convincing legislatures or city councilors or whatever of anything. If they do what you suggest, it's only going to be because they were already going to do it anyway. Because you're offering, you know, more control, more red light cameras, more police and all these other things that they love. You're not persuading anyone. If you want to join the show, the number here is 603-283-6160. Coming up, there's more insane news out of San Francisco. It is, you know, it's the city where it's known for poop being on the streets, where it's known for people just waltzing into uh, convenience stores and uh, stores like CVS and just stealing stuff in broad daylight in front of other customers and store staff, just insane levels of theft. Uh, businesses that shut down in during COVID never came back. It is an, just an absolute S show over there, and they've decided they are going to focus on where it really matters, which is locking trash cans, apparently, so that uh, homeless people can't scavenge stuff out of them. Uh, that's, I think, the story we're going to get into, and they've spent a lot of money developing these cans. We'll get into that coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. The number for you is 603-283-6160. Bring up anything you want. And take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live is brought to you by bullionmax.com slash FTL. By the way, that's where you go to get your silver starter kit at employee pricing bullion max is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer that can help you diversify into gold and silver security for your family in times of crisis you can buy directly from bullionmax.com and you don't have to talk to a salesperson your precious metal ship fully insured directly to your home it's fast it's easy and you can get that uh, silver starter kit by going to bullionmax.com slash FTL. It includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar and more. You that can, all does sound really tempting. They're gorgeous looking uh, pieces. I remember having some of the Buffalo pieces before the federal this government came and stole them. bullionmax.com slash FTL? That's right. I'm going to have to look into this Only later. Only one per household, though, so keep that in mind. Uh, go to bullionmax.com slash FTL and you get employee price on that silver starter kit. Dean and Aria here tonight. Phones are open. Aria, what is going on in San Francisco now? Well, when you see a headline that says, what takes years and costs $20,000, a San Francisco trash can, if you're a libertarian, you can't help but click that headline. Because I remember John Stossel did this special a number of years ago about about some New York City bathrooms at some park or something like that. And oh, were, and the, the million dollars or whatever that yeah, they spent the, to renovate them? There was a private one and there was a public one. And he yeah. just sort of compared the two. And the public one, the one built by the city, cost millions upon too. millions of dollars. And it looked absolutely terrible. Yeah, I remember that. 
And then the private one was a, a beautiful building, and it was right. done a fraction of the yeah. cost. Yeah. So, uh, and it was probably donated by like you know generous people. I don't remember the details, but what yeah. takes four years to make and costs more than twenty thousand dollars a trash can. In San Francisco, that costly bin is among six trash cans, six, as in five plus one trash cans hitting San Francisco. So they spent four years and millions of dollars, presumably, designing six trash cans. Hitting San Francisco streets this summer in the city's long saga in search of the perfect trash can. Overflowing trash cans are a common sight in the Northern California city. Keep in mind that they could have used this money to instead hire more people to empty out those trash cans. That wasn't what they chose to do. Along with piles of unused, of, along with piles of used clothes, shoes, furniture, and other items strewn about on sometimes impassable sidewalks. Now, I've heard. Lovely. I've heard from like Star Child that this isn't that this isn't true. That these rumors we're hearing about San Francisco, you know, poop in the sidewalks and clo- and sidewalks being filled with furniture and shoes and clothes. All of that's just anti San Francisco mongering. I don't know what the word would be, hmm. but I hear it all the time. Yeah, I just talked to somebody. It was at a, a, a gathering of free stater types a couple weeks ago. Who I've met before. He's you know it wasn't the first time I'd, I'd met this person, and he's originally from San Francisco, and he goes back you know once a decade to visit family or friends or whatever. And he has said he'd recently gone back, and that it is worse than it has ever been. He says they actually hire people to go around, uh, like if you've got an apartment building or something like that. Like sometimes apartment buildings in New York City will have like a doorman. Well, in San Francisco, they got a guy that actually walks the perimeter to make sure that there's no poop. Uh, that's been around like the building and picks it up if uh, if human necessary. poop yeah mm-hmm. like this isn't people not cleaning up behind their pets no this is this is bums pooping on the streets basically city officials hired a Bay Area industrial firm to custom design the pricey trash can along with two other prototypes that cost taxpayers nineteen thousand and eleven thousand dollars each this summer residents have the opportunity to evaluate them along with three off-the-shelf options added to the pilot program after officials faced criticism. So they, they're putting out <laughs> six models of trash cans for the residents. So there was a $19,000 model yes, and an $11,000 model and then a handful of off-the-shelf items? Yeah, it didn't say what the price of those were. Okay. Last month, the city deployed 15 custom-made trash cans and 11 off-the-shelf tra- off trash cans, each of those costing from $630 to $2,800. What the hell Jeez. are these people doing that requires a $600 trash can? I don't know. With QR codes affixed to them. Does asking, it show an image of this thing? Uh, not that I've seen yet, but okay. possibly. And it, these trash cans also included QR codes. Asking residents to fill out a survey about them. City officials said they intend to pay no more than $3,000 per trash can. I will custom make them trash cans for $3,000 per. Are you kidding? San Francisco began a search for the perfect trash can in 2018 when officials decided it was time to... Oh my God. (laughs) Four years later, yeah. When officials decided it was time to replace the 3,000 public bins that had been on the streets for almost 20 years. Officials say. Oh, uh, okay. So this isn't supposed to be out in front of somebody's house. This is no. Supposed these are to be the ones the, that are scattered the throughout bins. the streets. Yeah, I see. Okay. Officials say the current bins have too big a hole that allows for easy rummaging. That's the officials' 
primary complaint. Why does anyone care about that? Is it because it's annoying to try to walk up to a trash can if there's somebody rummaging in it because you can't throw something away? Can you Otherwise, imagine? Why, why would you care if somebody gets something out of the trash that they think shouldn't go there? Can you just imagine how hateful and evil and petty you have to be to yeah. see someone digging through the trash can and be like, that person shouldn't be allowed to do that. They might be able to eat somebody's uneaten hamburger. I watched a video today that one of the trolls shared in our Matrix chat that I, I just like this troll, I ended up watching the entire thing. You can find it at matrix.freetalk or chat.freetalklive.com. Yeah. It was just this guy who went went off the highway into this little wooded area that was just, you know, a few hundred feet off the highway. He set up a campsite there. He just stayed there for 24 hours. And I'm watching and I was like, what, what the hell is the big deal? Who cares about this guy? And How he, far off the highway was he? Just a few hundred feet. Okay. In, in the just woods. Just in the woods. Yeah. Okay. You know, he was watching for construction workers and police and all this stuff to come over that. What the hell has happened in American society, in just Western society or the world in general, where... You're committing a crime by not having a place to live. It's just insane that we've reached this point that this person trying to go out into the woods and throw out a tent on this property. This isn't private property. No one lives here. No one's using it. But this guy just goes out there and throws out a tent. He's somehow breaking the law and has to watch out for police. It's that same reasoning that allows us officials of San Francisco, San Francisco to be like, we can't have people rummaging through our trash cans. They didn't pay for that. It's a half-eaten bologna sandwich, dude. <laughs> Chill. Who cares? I, I can't imagine these these people. Don't, these people need Jesus, man. I, I don't mm. know what I don't know what can reach the heart of the someone who's that evil. Yes. Yeah. Well, just anyone who sees someone camping homeless off in the woods mm-hmm. or whatever on public property or sees someone rummaging through a trash can and their, and their heart isn't filled with pity, it's filled with malice when they look on it. I don't, I don't know how someone gets like that. The bins also, now actual criticisms, the bins also have hinges that need constant repair, constant repair and locks that are easy to breach. These are the current ones. Yes. Well, okay. why do they have locks in the first place? It's, if someone was to steal your garbage, let them. I guess maybe it would be a problem if... So they talk about overflowing, right? So if you've got a, an overflowing trash can and somebody just pulls out the overflowing trash can and then they just dump it everywhere. I could see that that is a problem, right? Making a huge mess just because they yeah. might get a French fry out of it or something like that. Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. And in a place like San Francisco where you've got people who are so strung out that they're literally crapping on the streets, you better believe they're not going to be concerned about putting the other trash back. More coming Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Bring up whatever you want. 603-283-6160. We're talking about the boondoggle of the government trash can, uh, can that's happening in San Francisco. And apparently they've been doing this since 2018. The story you're sharing tonight is fresh from the AP News on the subject, Ari, and we're going to continue with that. But I do want to thank Roger Paxton, who is a longtime Free Talk Live supporter. He's one of our amps, and you can join Roger. Roger's a gold level. He's doing 10 bucks a month, and you can do it for as little as 5 bucks a month over at amps.freetalklive.com. If you value what we do here on Free Talk Live and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then please go and join Amps. It's our Patreon, and it helps us out. 
and it helps us get the ideas of liberty into more ears all around the planet. So uh, once again, it's amps.freetalklive.com. So they're spending upwards of $19,000 per trash can, or they're, thick, they're thinking about it. They've had these well, things Well, they'll be developed. cheaper if mass-produced, but the prototype that they put out on the street, yes, $19,000. One of them. They also had an $11,000 one, and they're saying they want to spend as much as $3,000 a piece to buy, what was it, 3,000 trash cans yes. for the, the whole city, basically? This isn't for people's homes. This is for those stationary ones that you would see in you know the park or along the downtown streets and things like that. Right. And, and we have these here in Keene. To my knowledge, they work just fine. I mean, we don't we don't have the homeless problems here in Keene that they have We've in San Francisco, but though. not like that. We don't no, have the ones like pooping in the streets and you know eating trash out of the cans and stuff like that. No, certainly not. Our the homeless population here in Keene can just go into you know the Cumberland Farms or whatever and ask for a slice of pizza that's old, and they'll probably get it instead of having to rummage through the trash or something. Some people also topple the cans on fire, cover them in graffiti. <laughs> I mean, I, I skip wow. they they topple them over, cover them in graffiti, or set them on fire. Okay. Which, you, you don't want your trash can in the middle of the street burning. That's certainly true. Mm-hmm. The, Syria, the city is Yeah, they're serious. dealing with a different level of, uh, of homeless. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, I understand why they wouldn't want graffiti on their trash can, but at the same time, it's public property. If the, a member of the public wants to express themselves artistically on that trash can, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. It's their trash can as much as it is anyone else's, <laughs> right? But I understand, you know, you don't want them hobbling it over or setting it on fire. The city is so serious about the endeavor, it has created interactive maps so residents can track and test the different designs. Which include the soft square, the priciest prototype at $20,9900. The boxy stainless steel receptacle has openings for trash and for can and bottle recycling and includes a foot pedal. The slim silhouette. What are you supposed to do with that? (laughs) I don't know, man. The foot pedal? Yeah. Open it, presumably, so you don't have to touch the dirty trash can. Oh, I see. I mean, it's it's all bougie, right? Yeah. The slim silhouette. At $18,800 per prototype. Oh, my God. Is made of stainless steel bars that give would-be graffiti artists less space to tag. <laughs> if one of the custom wow. design, Yeah, this is absolutely insane, right? This, this is what they're doing over out in San Francisco. <laughs> this is what they're... The problems they're trying to solve. If one of the custom design bins is chosen, the custom mass produced, it will be $2,000 to $3,000 per piece. Beth Rubenstein, a spokeswoman for San Francisco's Department of Public Imagine Works. Imagine the profit. Whoever it is that gets this contract, whichever buddy of the city council members, because you know that's how it's going to happen. It's going to be some sort of nepotistic thing where yeah. somebody's brother is going to get the contract to manufacture these things. And it's just going to be some bars of steel, which are not going to cost $2,000 or anywhere near that. It's probably going to be like $20 worth of parts and uh, maybe another 50 bucks worth of labor or something to put it together. It's probably going to be $100 or $200 cost to manufacture these things. They're going to sell them for 10 times or uh, 15 times as much. So Beth Rubenstein says, we live in a beautiful city, and we want the trash can to be functional and cost-effective, <laughs> but it needs to be beautiful. <laughs> I have never in my life a looked at a trash, trash can, can and thought, that's a beautiful trash can. <laughs> who's that guy, who? who's that bodybuilder that married the ashtray? We need to get his opinion oh, yeah. on this, right? Yeah, yeah. You tell me which one of these trash cans is beautiful, and that's the one we'll go with. 
But the good looks of the shiny new trash cans have not protected them from vandalism and disrespect. Three weeks after being unveiled, several have already been tagged (laughs) with orange and white graffiti. Others already show the drip stains of inconsiderate coffee drinkers Mm. or have attractive dumping with people leaving dilapidated bathroom cabinets and plastic bags full of empty wine bottles next to them. Trash on San Francisco city streets has been an issue for decades. It goes, it gets into some background here. That's pretty much, I mean, actually, good God, the article goes on and on. Noticeably lacking any pictures of these $18,000 trash cans. I, I don't know what the AP was thinking when they wrote this article. I guess this is one up here at the top. It, it looks like a yeah, it would have, it looks like a Dalek from Doctor Who, <laughs> right? It looks like it's about to shout exterminate and start trying to kill people. The rest of them, it, actually, it includes a large number of pictures that I'm just now finding. I'm, I, I guess there are there Does are. Does it right. show the prototypes? Are these the prototypes? I, I think so. About? Yes. I, I can't tell because they do an Adam. For, it doesn't list what the names are, like the the silky silhouette or whatever. Oh my god! The soft square trash can. They do have a picture of that one. It's one of the prototypes. Uh, this is, they have a picture of one. It's called the Renaissance trash can. The Renaissance. I, that's the one they'll end up going with for sure. And it, it just looks. It looks like a trash can. I don't understand why this took twenty thousand dollars to 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 build. It's just a trash can here's an excerpt from another article again this has been going on for years this one's from last year missionlocal.org reporting on the san francisco garbage can situation one of the city councilors who voted yes for this explained his yes vote by saying this quote uh, this was for a 425 or sorry 427,500 dollars expenditure to move forward with designing these cans that you're now talking Half about. Half a million dollars. Good lord. It was approved by all 11 of the city so-called supervisors. I guess that's their name for city councilors out there. Quote, "I can't accept any further delays. This needs to get done." Voting down the expenditure altogether, which is money that had already long been set aside for this purpose, would have set us back possibly for years. The main concern I've had is not only with the cost, it's how bungled and long of a process this has been. So he voted yes. Because he was tired of it not... Hold on, what? He's concerned with how long of a bungled and how bungled the process has been. So he voted yes... Because he wanted to spend another four hundred something thousand dollars in the belief that it would get done sooner rather than later. But all it's done, where's okay? So they've got uh, I don't remember the number of prototypes here that we're dealing with at this point, but it's six is the number. Okay, that that uh, at most, even if you assume they're all the twenty thousand dollar trash cans, and they're not. At most, that comes out to about $120,000. Where's the rest of the the $450,000 or whatever it was? Design. But that, they have to pay the designers, the pros. So, so the, it's really just nepotism. It's a way of sending somebody some, pocketed serious. Yeah, money. some trash can manufacturer in San Francisco made a lot of money by coming up with some increasingly stupid Dalek-looking science fiction designs. Well, remember the city of Keene here in Little Keene, New Hampshire. I think spent like <sighs> tens of thousands, if not like over a hundred thousand dollars, hiring like a consulting firm. To look at changes to the dump that would involve like a fish farm or something like that. There was some other boondoggle uh, that, that was happened before here. I lived here because it's the first like I've that. heard of that particular yeah, one. Something but like I mean, that happened here. It happens everywhere. This kind of crap. City councils are doing this stuff all over the place because no one pays any attention. And it's like, well, you can't fight city hall anyway. And but you can't. You city do? hall's the one level of government that you sort of can fight. Mm. You, you can't fight the federal government. You can't fight. Well, the we're going to try. Well, yes, we are. <laughs> 
But the average person, I mean, and you know, might might have to deal with some with some losses on that front. But the average person still, they they can't change what the federal government is going to do. They can't change what the state government is going to do. But their city council, you know, you can go out there and be a big enough Sarah, where in theory you could affect some sort of change. Maybe in Keene. But not in not, San Francisco. No, certainly not. No, the only thing you can do with San get Francisco out. is get out. Get out of there. And immediately your quality of life will go up. I mean, my God. I haven't even, stepped on poop since I left San that, Francisco. You can't even get a shack in San Francisco for $300,000 as far as housing is concerned. So, you know, you can you can take whatever money you can get out of your house in San Francisco and live like a king pretty much anywhere else, even in the United States. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Modes remain here. Enough time for you if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about government spending way too much money on trash cans. How much did you pay for? I'm just curious. What, what is this trash can? 15 bucks? Maybe. 20 bucks? Uh, and that's probably mostly, not even that. And that's mostly for the cost of the actual plastic. Yeah. And it works just fine. Does its job well? They are obviously they need a larger trash can. We're talking about the kind sure. of trash cans that are in a downtown area. You've got to have a large can there, and and I understand they want to have it secure. You can't just leave those things sitting out, or people will take them and throw them around. And so I do well, just make it heavy that. or bolt it to the street or whatever. I mean, there are ways are to solve that, all yeah. of these problems. Yeah, well, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to solve all of the problems. And yes, but some of these aren't problems, like the homeless guy trying to eat the half-eaten hot dog out of there that, that's that. not a problem yeah. or or the but, guy but who's I, trying to take the shirt out of there because he's cold at night that's I, also not a problem i get that it is a problem when they light them on fire i get that it is a problem <laughs> when they dump them out and then make a huge mess where there already was a mess and make it worse so i understand the concerns but ultimately what we really ought to point out is this stems from the fact that this is public property that this shouldn't be the problem of the city because there shouldn't be a city government in the first place. It should be every business has their own property, and they decide how to keep it. They decide what kind of trash cans that they want to put on it, what they're willing to spend on it. We don't need the one-size-fits-all decision where some group of 11 people, in this case in San Francisco, decides to spend half a million dollars on just simply designing potential new trash cans because they can't find one that they just think is perfect in whatever way and then force those across an entire city we could have a bunch of different things that are being tried on different people's property if everybody were just free to make those decisions for themselves but we're not so instead we have tragedy of the commons where these uh, public managers try to just make these decisions and it ends up costing you know millions of dollars in the end because this has been going on for years. Yeah, it's just $450,000 or whatever it was this year. That one time, yeah. Yeah. They, they probably spent more last year and spent more the year before and spent more the year before. And it, it's never it's never going to stop, right? The, the garbage can was pretty much perfected the moment it was invented. There's not a whole lot you can do to improve on it. You need a place that can store a bag and that won't blow away in the wind or whatever. And that's more or less all that they need. Well, homeless, the rest of these issues are just never going. The the possibility of people setting them on fire, you're never going to eliminate that possibility. 
The problem, one of the problems, of course, is homeless people aren't really known for being the cleanest of individuals. They're not right. really known for being. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm speaking generally. I'm sure there are some homeless people out there that are meticulous and they're very concerned with uh, litter and all that. Uh, but generally, you don't think of that when you think of a homeless person. You think of somebody smelling like urine and yet, you know, laying down out in the uh, in the sidewalks near businesses. And again, that's part of the public property problem: the fact that sidewalks, streets are generally not considered to be private property in most places, especially in downtown areas. And so that's why you see people sleeping. I mean, we don't see it here in Keene, but you know, I've been to Manhattan, yeah. and I've literally walked by people just sleeping outside of a Dwayne Reed store or something like that, the equivalent of a, a Walgreens. I've seen that happening. Uh, and I've smelled the urine being just walking down normal streets, not talking like you're in an alleyway or something like just massive sense of urine all over the place it's disgusting but that's because it's it's public property so what happens when we have a private property system which is sort of like one of the libertarian visions for what things would be like is every property would be privately owned well then those business owners would be responsible for keeping their property clean for making sure that people park where they're supposed to park and making sure there's not some bum sitting out front hitting up the customers uh, for cash on, as they walk into their shopping experience. Generally, I think you would see less homelessness in areas where people tend to go. I also think you would see properties that would be friendly to homeless people. Certainly. Uh, for instance, there is a property here in Keene that years ago was controversial because it, it's what's called, what they call the Hannaford Shopping Center here in Keene. It was owned by a leftist who uh, he's a businessman, but he's also a, a leftist. And so he was letting the homeless people live in the forested part of the property. And he wanted to continue doing this. Correct. But the city of Keene came in and said, oh, well, you don't have these buildings, aren't Because they'd had like a shanty or whatever they'd, they'd thrown together, a shack. And, uh, oh, this wasn't built up to code. We're going to have to force you to take this down and we're going to kick everybody out. And because, you know, because we said so, we're the city. And so you get a lot of situations like what's happening now, apparently. And I did find a story that I'd, I'd had in show preps from earlier this year. We just never got to it. It was a perfect time to bring it up. Uh, the AP reporting that so-called liberal cities are now cracking down on homeless camps. For, for a long time, they had been the sort of the safety places for homeless people to go to. They supposedly were too welcoming uh, to the homeless. In some cases, letting them set up tents outside of city halls, for instance. But now... The mayor of Portland has recently banned camping on the sides of certain roadways, and officials are exploring other aggressive options to combat homelessness. An increasing number of liberal cities like Portland, Seattle, and New York are cracking down on, on encampments after years of tolerating growing numbers of people living in tents. They justify the moves by citing recent violent homeless outbursts, littered encampments labeled as health concerns, and increasing homeless deaths. But advocates for people experiencing homelessness have denounced the maneuvers, saying the homeless crisis is being treated as a blight or a chance for cheap political gains. Makeshift shelters are about busy roadways, tent cities line sidewalks, tarps cover broken down cars, and sleeping bags are tucked in storefront doorways. The reality of the homelessness crisis in Oregon's largest city can't be denied. Look, and I understand why it makes people uncomfortable to walk by these places or whatever, but banning it isn't going to make anything any better for anyone. I understand you don't want to walk down, you don't want to go into your Barnes and Noble or whatever and walk past a bunch of people living out of their cars with tarps over the broken windows yep. or whatever. That makes you uncomfortable. I understand. I get it. Deal with it. 
This is the world that you've made, that you with your Barnes & Noble, you're in part responsible for that situation. Well, it's really the city and the government's responsibility in this case because they're the ones who pushed these people into homelessness, many of them in the first place. You've got people – now, with the exception of those that choose it because there's obviously a certain lifestyle of I don't want to have a house, I don't want to have you know property or whatever and good on them. But then there's a lot of people that are sort of forced into the situation. Maybe they got arrested because of the war on drugs, got out of prison, they lost their apartment, now they're homeless. Right? That's one example of what can happen to people. Uh, another one could – be that uh, dr- well, drug addiction they can't pay their rent so they're out on the on the streets or whatever and they, there's there's no help for people because those people are criminalized in a lot of cases you can't go to the police they're not going to help you they're going to put you into a into a jail cell for that and uh, and then of course you've got uh, the restrictions on building the government yeah. restricts what kinds of buildings can be erected and they restrict low-cost housing in a lot of cases. And so you can't just have people building their own homes and living where they want to live because the government will literally come in and burn you out of your home. And then you try yeah. to you know, start your own company or whatever so you yeah. can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Nope, you can't do, love that saving. Nope, can't do that I'm going to go to Law Dog. He's in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Law Dog. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to switch, uh, switch it up a little bit. All right. Uh, these homeless people... Uh, that, that sit there on the corners, they just want money for drugs, okay? I remember one time I was down at a near McDonald's uh, there off of 1st Street in Austin, Texas, and this one guy comes up to me and says, hey, sir, could you spare a dollar so I could buy a hamburger? I says, I can do better than that, bro. I says, come on over here. I just uh, volunteered at the uh, uh, food pantry, and I, I started bagging some stuff. I had two bags. He goes, oh, I, I can't eat all that. He says, well, I thought you were hungry. I says, I thought you were hungry. He says, to be perfectly honest, sir, you know, I just wanted a dollar so I can buy a beer. I says, hey, next time just be honest with me because I, I got some beer right here. I just put a 12-pack uh, in, the, in the cooler. So I go over there and I pick one out and, you know, I hand him the beer. And he looks at me and he says, like I invented cold beer. I says, it's cold. And I says, what do you think I am? Some butthole that runs around handing out warm beer to homeless people? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was. So those I don't understand. You're, are you saying he was right upset the, no. at the beer? You try to give them food, they will curse you, and and uh, and and then the cops will come. This I, guy didn't know? curse you though. Oh, wait, wait. But I mean, what? you told a story about a relatively pleasant transaction you had with this guy, and then ended with, and this guy will curse you, and then the cops will come. That's one hundred percent counter to the story you literally just Law told dog. us. I wasn't clear. Was he no, upset guy, about hey, the beer being second. cold? This guy was. Hey, hey, I'm talking. This guy was cool. He tried to get. He tried to get one over on me to, to get a beer. He he, he tried to. Uh, he tried to okay. scam me. I gave him the beer, and it was cold. And I he did was, my job. Was he mad okay. about the beer being I cold? Did my job. Okay, but was he oh, upset about the oh, beer? Want to talk about something else? No, we don't have time. <laughs> uh, out of time for tonight. But that was weird. You can call another time. It was really kind of disjointed, but okay. I'm glad you gave him a beer then. Whatever. I, I do agree that it's a better idea to give a homeless person a sandwich than to give them five bucks. Uh, because then, you know, are they really hungry? Then you find out. 